With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Culture where communication is is, uh, is put at the forefront. And, um, you know, no matter how, how uh, what your role is on the staff, you know, you having a voice and, and being able to communicate, uh, you know, things that you, 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 you think could help facilitate wins. You know, I think just having that voice, you know, no matter how big your role is, is important to, to listen up and, you know, take, take, uh, take each other's uh, opinions into account. I don't think that, uh, you know, a fear-based organization is, 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 is the way to go. Interesting comments there from one of the, the longtime team leaders, Eric Kendricks, on that defense. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff, and our football-loving 10-plus-year NFL veteran. He played in a Super Bowl. He played for the Vikings. Football. His name is Alex Boone. Yeah. Alex Boone. What's up, Rhino? Mackey, what is the word? Well, you you guys wanted everyone fired. Declan's every week on the Way show. He's one of the guys fired. They literally fired everybody. Got it. Oh my they god! Literally listen to Declan. I got another ass to fire layer in the show. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That segment's not. That oh, no. segment's oh, not, not taking a hand. Oh, Just, no. You thought everyone thought they were safe after Black Monday, but oh, no one's no. safe. No. No. no one Declan's one sneaky. Safe. He's gonna wait till like Friday. I'm gonna do it right before the weekend. <laughs> right. Statistically, that's it's what the they best say. Fire people. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> less mm-hmm. likely to be an incident. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's are, Friday. We need to talk. Are you? Uh, are you? Are you a little bit surprised? I'm. I'm surprised that the Wilfs had the grapefruits. To just clean everyone out. Like, are you are you surprised? No, I don't. I'm not. I mean, are you really that surprised? You kind of saw this coming down the pipe for a while. I think everyone's been. I think. I think people are more cautious of it now. You know, like they're not as as it used to be when players were like, "Man, they just got to fire this guy, get rid of him." Like people are now they 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 account for more when they go into firing coaches. But honestly, the last couple of games, you can't tell me they didn't look flat. They didn't look dead. It looked like one of these, and then you start to think if I'm the Wilfs and I'm watching this and it's supposed to be a playoff mentality and I'm not seeing a playoff mentality team, I have to wonder, well, is this going to bleed into another year? Are we going to continue to go on this carousel over and over? And it's, it's one of these things where you have so much talent on the team that they almost got upset. They were like, guys, this is, this is just unacceptable. I gotta be, I mean, there's talent everywhere we're looking. And if you can't shore up a few of these problems, then maybe you aren't the guys for us. As far as Mike goes, too, as a guy who played for Mike, what was the first thing that went through your mind when you saw the news that he had been fired? 
you know, honestly, being a player that understands this league probably more than a lot of other players, I was like, I wonder where he's going to land, who he's going to land with, and how well he's going to do somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's obviously going to get picked up. He's a great defensive-minded coach. He's just not a head coach, and you're seeing that with a lot of these guys. It's We're finding out now more than ever that people are becoming sensitive. So you have to be able to talk to people, and you have to be able to communicate in a way that's kind of still – alpha-ish but at the same time understanding people just take things differently and I remember being in the league when I started to see the shift and I was like did he just say that he's he's upset did that young player like I was never thinking like does he just say that he has feelings what just (laughs) happened you're not allowed to have feelings in football and I remember the coach was like oh it's okay buddy you know I was like wait what 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 did you say (laughs) Oh, and I remember looking around like, is I the only one that caught that? But it's true. And you look at it now and, and the, these kids that come in the league, if you can't talk to them and if you can't relate to them, if you can't understand them, and if you don't have this great presence in, in the locker room with the leaders. And I look at a guy like Mike Tomlin because he's so underrated. And you look at all the guys on his team. I could tell you right now, I know probably 10 guys on that team, but I could bet. 53 of them would take a bullet for that coach because of the way that he handles them and the way that like you saw that Chase Claypool thing. Remember when Chase came out, I was like, maybe we should listen to better music in practice. And he was like, maybe you should shut the hell up. You didn't hear another thing. You didn't hear anybody come out about that. Right. It was quick to be like, yo, stay in your lane. And that to me is like, he gets it. He has this relationship where he can tell a player in the media, shut your mouth, and not one other person comes out and says anything about it other than, yeah, you should shut up, dude. Like, don't, don't do that. Hey, coach, I got a new mixtape. I think we should yeah. try it during the free game stretch. <laughs> it's me. It's me singing. We can, can we listen to it? No. <laughs> no. Well, okay, that's that's actually a great segue here. And so we heard the Eric Kendricks clip off the top. and he's... Which, which <clears throat> before we go on from that, I think I was more surprised to hear Eric Kendricks say that. And listen, nothing surprises me anymore. I've seen it all, heard it all, been behind the closed doors. You're like, what? No way that happened. When Eric Kendrick said that, that baffled me. Like, wow. Here's a guy who I respect immensely. I think he's extremely bright. I think he's a phenomenal leader. I think he shows better than he talks. And for him to come out and say a fear-based organization, like that would, to me was like, dude, those are some dangerous words to say too. Like that mm-hmm. nowadays – could be interpreted way wrong and could there could be a lot more questions to come and I, and I don't think he's saying it I don't think he's saying you know oh I felt you know no, you know he, no. he's saying listen like I'm a leader and I'm fine I'm telling you on as a as a tribal leader here on behalf of the young right. players and everyone this style of communication this fear-based style was not working and it wasn't bringing the team together and I think it was more the players were afraid to talk to Zim because when you have those coaches at times when you go to them and you're like, hey, man, I got an issue and this is the issue. They look at you like, fix it. You're like, no, I'm coming to you to fix it. I need your help in this. And they're like, fix it. You're, like, you're not getting what I'm trying to relate to you. I need your help. I need some ideas. I need some thoughts or I need you to do something for me or, you know, and they look at you and they blow you off and you're like, so the next time something comes up, you're like, should I even go to him? Is he even going to listen? Does he even care? You know, that's when you're like, you have to start taking matters into your own hand. And that's when it's already, the ship has already started to sink. When the team is already like, well, we can't go to them. So we'll have to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's what I think he was saying, as opposed to what you're saying. You're right. Oh, God, I don't want to go to work. I'm so afraid. I know Kendrick's not afraid of anything, dude. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. So so Brian O'Neill, another team leader, you know, he's probably their best offensive lineman. He, I'm going to read you just a, a few sentences of, of, of his press conference with the media yesterday. 
And keep in mind, O'Neal's younger than Kendrick. He's like five years younger. He's 26. Young. So he, so he's probably even more in the boat of what Alex is talking about. Guys, you have to just sort of be a little careful. You got to communicate differently with. And he said, I think it could be something. This is in terms of like the culture that he'd like to see. I think it could be something even as little as, hey, how are you doing in the hallway? Or feeling like you walk by guys in the hallway and they say, hello, how are you doing? Good morning. We spend so much time together in the season so long that little personal things here or there could make a huge difference for a young guy or even a rookie that's coming in and isn't really sure how he fits or if he belongs. Little different personal things like this help guys play their best when they feel good about themselves and their role within a team. The more we can cultivate a culture that guys feel good about being themselves and they're important to the team and that everyone's in this together. And he had some other things to say too, but he's basically saying like, we just need more like empowerment and things that probably make Alex's head explode. But this is, but but this is how you have to communicate with this generation of people. He's definitely that guy that you need to communicate like that, but they just see football differently. And that's, and I think it's cool, but at the times it's annoying because you're like, they need to always know the why. And you're like, sometimes there is no why, dude. Sometimes it's just because someone told us to do it. Like, you know, well, why can't it be that? Dude, enough with the questions. Like, we're just going to do it this way. Because, you know, at times, though, they think so outside the box that you're like, they're like, why? And you're like, well, I guess I never really thought about why. Okay, um, here we go. And you start talking about it. You're like, you know, this is kind of a good question. They're great at times. But they, he's right when you say, like, sometimes when you walk down the hallway and you say hi to somebody and they don't say hi back or they just look at you with this grin, you're like, dude, it's, it's Wednesday. At 5.30 in the morning. I can't get a high back. Yeah. Like, now I'm already pissed off for the day. He didn't say hi to me. You're pissed off. Like, it, it's just it's a train wreck sometimes. So how, how much does this also, because to me, this speaks of a culture throughout the entire building. Like, Mike's in charge, and I get that. And so is Rick to a certain point as well. But, Booney, how much does this speak to a, a problem in the actual culture with the team and in the room itself? Because I told Phil this. Those comments scream to me of you also don't necessarily have the right players or a player or a quarterback who can be like, everybody calm down. We, you know what? Screw Mike. That that's fine. Uh, Mike can go off. Cause I mean, Mike, you, you've seen it. He melts down. He swears constantly. He chews. He's not a pleasant guy, but, but he's an old man. But if you had, but if you had a, yeah, but if you had a quarterback or, or a person that could take control, I think it helps to, to for lack of a better term, defer that a always, bit. Always blaming Kirk. Judd's so always how, blaming yeah. Kirk. So how, but how much does this speak to a to a actual locker room breakdown of, I don't know that Mike should be the guy that you're continually looking to if you have the right veteran group to sort of take control and be like, okay, We'll take care of this. No, I think I, I get what you're saying. I think that they do have the right people. I, I think what you're saying is maybe they didn't have the right people or enough of the right people to say, hey, listen, we can we can we can figure this out and still deal with this. But I think the problem becomes that after there's such a long time, you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And eventually the questions, they just get mounted up and you're like, listen, I, I feel like I can't go to him. I have nobody to talk to. We're constantly getting yelled at. You know, and it's one of these things where nobody in this league should ever ask for pity. I mean, it's a, it's an extremely hard business. It's extremely fun. But at the same time, you can't sometimes pull yourself out of it. And you're looking to these leaders, like you say, Rick Spielman. And, and you know, Rick's a great guy. I love Rick. I do. And I saw Rick this summer, and we had talked a little bit. And I love him to death. But when you feel like sometimes you can't go to the GM 
or the head coach or maybe your coach, and all of a sudden you're looking around the locker room and everyone's kind of looking at each other like, yeah, we're in this. This is real. There's really nobody that's going to help pull us out of this but us. And eventually you start losing. Team starts pointing enough fingers that everybody just kind of wants to go their own separate way. So there is nobody to look to. And you're trying to hold the team together. Everybody's always trying to hold the team together. It's just a couple bad days here and there can force a wedge between the team. And then all of a sudden you have the offense first, the defense, you're losing. Nobody can go upstairs and talk to anybody. You feel like everything you say is used against you. And you're eventually like, you know what? I just don't even want to be in this building anymore because I feel like I'm being watched by everybody. Everything I say is being thrown back in my face. I'm just trying to keep everybody happy. And I can't go to anybody as an outlet to help me out here. And then all of a sudden it's like you turn around and the season's over and you wonder what the hell happened. And you think about all these stupid fights that just came up and you're like, dude, that simple fight caused this entire team to riff for the entire year. And there was nobody that stepped in and was like, okay, this is stupid. It's time to figure this out. You know, we all need to start coming together. We need to communicate more. Like, I just think sometimes people are so stuck in their ways that they just dig their heels in deeper. And you're like, this is 2022, dude. You can't do that anymore. It's sometimes you have to break the levy down and be like, listen, what gets everybody on the same page? What helps everybody in this room figure out? There's a lot of tough conversations that you have to have. And I think a lot of it is you're trying to have these conversations with guys that you really love and respect and they're your friends. But at the same time, they're your coworkers. And you're like, listen, man, I'm doing this because I'm your boy. But you're not playing really well. And you need to pick it up. And all of a sudden, they feel attacked and they want to go talk to somebody. See, like these things start to boil over. And then before you know it, it's like, how did we even get here? Mm -hmm. We had such great talent. We had such great team. We had such great guys. And you're right. Maybe the one position that we were all looking to wasn't, didn't have enough grapefruits to be like, hey, screw that guy. We can do this ourselves. Look at this talent. We, we need this guy to help us out here. We've all been doing this long enough. You know, let's get back on track. Let's, you're right. At times when guys are looking like, hey, are you going to say something? You're not going to say anything? No. And that right there. So let's let's talk about Kirk and that perspective. So I have a theory, and then I want you to tell me if I'm an I idiot who uh, who just needs to shut up and let, no. the, let the former locker room guys talk about this stuff. But I think – like Tampa Bay is a good example where like Bruce Arians is definitely like he can be players coach, but like Bruce Arians can be old crusty guy and be kind of a red ass sometimes. <laughs> and let's say the bad cop, Tom Brady or better example would be in new England, like Bill oh, Belichick, yeah. bad cop. And he's going to get into guys and you're, you'll kind of have a relationship with him, but not really like he could cut you tomorrow. Right. And so he keeps that distance. Tom Brady comes in as the good cop. He'll, you know, he'll get into players too, but He's empowering players, and he's and it's you know that Belichick is a leader over here with one style, but Brady kind of balances it out over here, and I think you see that with different coach quarterback combinations. Yeah, you know the Vikings have had for eight years this sort of red ass defensive minded coach. He's impatient. He he gets sick of young players. Mike Zimmer. Oh yeah, and in in in, a, in in an instance where like guys don't love the culture, guys are irritated with Zimmer because of this. Cousins doesn't balance it. Right. Cousins doesn't rise doesn't rise up as a leader, and he's not. It's not his personality. I mean, they knew that when they signed him. That's just right. not really his personality. He's not going to come in like you just said and say, "Guys, guys, guys, hey, follow my lead here. I got this. We're going to fix this." It, he's he's I just work here, guy. Yeah. And I just like if you're going to have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, you could probably choose fifty better head coaches to mesh with him <laughs> than Mike Zimmer. Like they right. just had the worst oil and water pairing. <clears throat> 
It's funny you say that because as soon as you brought up BA's name, I thought of Carson Palmer and he was such like the cold water to BA's hot water. Like BA would go off. And I mean like off. And I was impressed. He would go off so hard. I was like, wow, this is like a tongue lashing. I've never experienced. This is incredible. And as soon as he was done and we would leave the room and slam the door, Carson would be like, okay, now that that's done. Here yep. we go. <laughs> we need to get back to third down. I'd be like, dude, what? wait, what? He'd be like, oh yeah. Don't worry about that. We're good. We're good. Yes. Third down. We need to get back to 77 protection. I was like, what just happened? And why do I feel so calm about this? I was like, yeah. this is awesome. But you're right. It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the, hey, I'm going to boil over. You need to calm everybody down. Everyone's going to look to you. And if you can't be the guy that, number one, can hold a conversation with everybody, and number two, have a relationship with everyone that's truly genuine, that guys are like, man, I just love hanging out with this guy, it's going to be a rough, rocky road for everybody because you're right. As soon as he blows up, everyone's like, okay, dude, what are we doing? I don't know. I just work here. I don't call timeouts. (laughs) What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Know, guys but, are like looking 4, around like yards, 4,000 yards, 4,000 yards. Right. Like there's, there's more to football than 4,000 yards. I'm yeah. sorry. That's are for losers, man. I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> it's one of these things. It's, it never really, <laughs> it doesn't translate well sometimes. And you're like, it just doesn't make sense, but it's the game of football. And it's how everybody in the locker room is playing at the same time. And that's why like complimentary football is so rare nowadays. And that that's the thing with, with this team is, I don't know that they, I think they did have the people uh, to probably take control. I don't know that those people, Booney played the right position. And so I think that got to be a problem. But I mean, I think that the, the whole thing is at the end of the day, the Wilfs made a move that they had to make because this thing had run it, its course. Like, I don't think that there's a, a ton, like we could talk about Mike and yeah, he, he could be prickly a lot. And, and we could talk about Rick and Rick, did, he did some good and some bad. Yeah. Uh, but the reality, but the reality is I think, those last what three or four games were just indicative of where this team had gone, which is you can have, you can have talent, but when you're playing that flat, like when you come out in that Rams game, right? Yeah, that that Rams game. game is a huge game. You're in the seventh seed. You control your destiny. And it's not that you lost. It's how you lost. And then you went to green Bay. And again, um, it's not because in that game, you know, you didn't have Kirk. But still, the lack of intensity and the lack of drive, and I think that all of those things just made it so very clear that these guys were, I don't want to say they quit across the board, but they were done playing, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think it was a lot of that. But two, I think as much as this story has become so big with Kirk, I think it's big for a reason. I think that was really the sign that it was like, listen, this was the wrong thing. I mean – I remember when they signed Kirk and they let Keith walk and I was, I told my wife at the time, I said, that's wrong. And some karma's going to smack somebody quick because case had done something that not a lot of people do just come in and take over a team and just roll with them. And look at that. Look at that relationship that he had with the teammate. Everybody loves him. Nobody has ever said a bad thing about him. When you look at all these teams that have had so much success, it was always with the quarterback that they love Teddy Bridgewater. Nobody has a bad thing to say about Teddy case Keenum couldn't find somebody to say something bad about Casey if I tried I mean these are the things that guys look to and it's it's like you become this natural leader because guys want to be around you and then they want to see you succeed and I'm not saying that you go out and play harder for one guy more than the other but you better damn believe that when that's your boy back there and that's your dude back there you're gonna fight as hard as you possibly can as opposed to when you know you're winning a game and they put the young kid in and you're like hey I don't know he took a little pressure okay good for him 
He's learning. He's learning. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the game. And when you talk about having a great relationship with a quarterback and a guy who can just lead a room naturally because he's funny or because he'll listen to you or he has great insights or, man, I just want to go sit with this guy at the lunch table because he's a great dude. I can tell him about my day. He's going to laugh at me, call me an idiot, and we're going to go practice. Like, that's what football's supposed to be. I want to, I need to know, like, has Kirk Cousins ever sat down and explained the, uh, uh, like the, 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 the life rock thing outside his house where he's got a tube no. full of rocks that he takes one out every month to no. show how short life is. That's, no. that's the lunch conversation I want to hear. No, I, you know what? I sat with Kirk at a few lunches at the NFLPA and he, I mean, great guy, great dude, super cerebral, but I mean, like it wasn't one of those things where like, I remember when I first met Casey and I was like, man, this guy is a trip. Like something, yeah. he's just like, we just talked for like hours. And I remember it was like the, first day of camp and i was like man this dude is just a funny dude and it's like they find themselves in this naturally organic position where people are like i just want to be around him i don't know and all of a sudden he starts picking your brain and you start to feel useful to him and all of a sudden you're like man I, you know i just i'm incorporated in all this and i feel good about it and think about all the times i you had great seasons and everybody loved the quarterback and things were great and then all the bad seasons and it was just like Fingers were getting pointed quickly, and everyone's trying to cover each other instead of somebody being like, hey, it's week five. What are we doing? This is way too early to be pointing fingers, yelling at each other. You know, ever since Judd started with Livia a couple months ago, he's like the star quarterback that everybody wants to be around. It's crazy. Well, and that that is not thanks to Judd. That is thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. Guys, I'm down 30 plus pounds, 30 plus pounds, 32. Last time I checked (laughs) at 208 on my way down to 200 pounds. And Livia is going to help me stay there. And when it comes to taking off those pounds, there is no better feeling than saying I did it. And I want you to take the Livia. I did it eight week challenge. Get your first eight weeks for free. In the first eight weeks, I lost 26 pounds. I dropped 26 pounds. So 26 pounds for free. Imagine by the time spring is arriving, you've lost 26 pounds. Call today. You like that. And I do like that. Call today, 855-GO-LIVIA, L-I-V-E-A, or go to Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Check them out. Tell them Score North sent you and begin to lose that weight and feel good about yourself. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Firing everybody, I guess, uh, is kind of a step in that direction. I don't know. Uh, And if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, please click subscribe and the like button to help us spread the word about this uh, community of Vikings fans that you guys have helped us build. And if you're watching on a TCL TV, then uh, we appreciate that, too. they got a new lineup of award-winning TV delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So, uh, and maybe they've done this, and you're under like an NDA, and you can't tell us. But like, if the Wolves went to Alex and they told you, "All right, we just we need some help. We want you to. Sorry, we're not going to hire you as the GM, even though like we totally should, and it's a huge mistake that we're not. We want you to consult. Mm. What characteristics should we, the Wolves, be looking for in a new GM and a new coach?" Help us, guide us to the right oh, decision. If I was honestly, if I was, if I was trying to pick, help pick this search, I would try and find two guys that are somewhat together. Now you need to find because I feel like that's one of the biggest problems that you have in the NFL is that eventually the coach and the GM start to riff, and it's kind of like, what direction does the team want to go? <sighs> Coaches bring it upon themselves, though, because your team is what your roster 
is. You can't make somebody something that they're not. You look at the Vikings, and to me, Kirk is a good quarterback. He does good things. At times, he gets spastic, like a lot of quarterbacks in this league. That's why I'm not saying he's great or elite. Because at times you're like, oh boy. And Judd and I have talked about this before. That time he, the first time he gets hit in the game, you're like, oh, here we go, right? When you look at this, you need to say, hey, we need to go out and find a, a coordinator that's going to protect our quarterback and maximize our run game. We're not, we don't need to go out. Like people are throwing out Eric Bieniemy, And I feel like a lot of people do this. Number one, everybody just goes to these 10 names, the same bag every single time. Yeah. And who, like, who are the best six teams? Right, and, here we go. Uh, let's, let's see who the <laughs> offensive coordinators are and what makes you know. And so you're yeah. looking at that and you're like, okay, well, Kansas City. What makes Kansas City great? Their quarterback's phenomenal. They have, a, <laughs> they have Tyreek Hill on the outside and Travis Kelsey in the middle. That's what makes them great. They maximize that. They're not really a run team. So if Eric Bieniemy were to come here, would he stick to the formula that he knows or would he start to adapt to something that's different? You know what I'm saying? Like, these are questions you need to start asking. Hey, we have Dalvin in the backfield. We, we have him locked up. He is going to be the focal point of what we need to do. How do we do that? Simple. We go out, we buy Ben Jones in free agency, or we talk to him now. We find a way to get in his ear and say, hey, bro, we need you at center. And then we go. You go look for a guy like there's a guy in uh, L.A., the Rams, Kevin O'Connell. He's already coached with Kirk Cousins, which if I'm an owner, I like that. You've already been with this guy. You know what he's going to be like. Let's be honest. Everybody's up right now, up and down. Can you trade Kirk? Nobody knows if you can trade Kirk because nobody's called yet. Nobody's asked it. And honestly, I'm starting to think that nobody will trade for Kirk because if they could, and I'm, I'm going to say this. If I'm the Wilfs and I'm looking at this, and we we all say things because we're not the Wilfs. We're not billionaires, and we don't own a billion-dollar team. But would you really fire a phenomenal defensive coordinator if you could sit to him and say, hey, listen, let's just get rid of Kirk. Let's get somebody else in here. You're a good defensive coach. There aren't a lot of good coaches in this league, let's be honest. If we can get rid of Kirk, let's get rid of him. We'll get somebody else in here, and we'll try and keep this train rolling. So to me, I feel like they've already been like, hey, we're not getting rid of Kirk. And this oil and water thing between Kirk and Zim, it ain't working. And not only that, but this contract that he's on, that's why Rick's got to go. So then you're looking at it and you're like, well, Kirk's probably going to be here. So we need somebody that's going to be able to work with Kirk. We're going to have to keep him for a year. We're paying him $35 million. And people are like, well, you could trade him but pay some of his salary. Are you going to pay the salary of a guy that could possibly beat you in your own season? Or maybe even, let's just say, God forbid, the Super Bowl. What if you're like, you know what, we'll pay $15 million. You take the other 20 we'll trade him. You see him in the Super Bowl and he beats you. You just paid him to beat you. Now you really look stupid. Like people are like, oh, we'll just pay some of his salary. Were well, you really going to pay somebody that's not even on your team? Like there's sometimes where you just look at this and go, deal with it. Fix it by going and building around him. No one's really going to be like, yeah, Kirk Cousins, $35 million. I'm in totally. So you have to think about that. Like what coach is going to come in and go, well, I can trade him. I'll get rid of him. We'll trade him. Like that's not, that's not really a viable option unless you know that is an option. And I don't see a lot of people right now like, man, that's, that's something I want to do. So then all of a sudden you say, hey, you go out and get somebody that knows him or you go out and get somebody that has a run-style offense and says, hey, I know. Look, 
I can make this the next Kyle Shanahan offense. I can, I've been in this system. I can make everybody on this offense elite. We can make everybody a playmaker. KJ Osborne's a playmaker for us. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. We're a pieces everywhere. Let me just go out and let's organically make this fun. But the most important thing is, is to identify the GM who has the long-term plan though, or, or the plan, right? Like if that guy comes in and says, I got a coach and we cannot work with Kirk. Um, I, I think you'd be a lot more predisposed to find a way to trade Kirk. Cause like the Wilfs, I think the Wilfs need to identify the right person to come in and provide stability in the GM chair. And that's a great starting point. Um, because like, I don't want to be so consumed with the immediate 2022 that, that I lose sight of where I'm trying to go. So a balancing act right to find the right guy and if the guy comes in and says i love kirk cousins and you love him i think that's fine but i think that there's a bigger picture view here that goes that goes towards somebody who has a fresh view of what the vikings should be and can be i'll I'll add this too that the only to me you can't there's no way you can compete and and add another four or five wins to your total in 2022 Unless you take Kirk, because so Kirk's salary is thirty-five, his cap hit because there's a signing bonus wow. is forty-five. It's like the third highest cap hit uh, of any player in the NFL, and it takes up like twenty-two percent of the team's salary cap. So if if he's going to play for the Vikings in two thousand twenty-two, at the very least, and you want to compete, you have to cut that number down probably in half, which means an extension. So so then you'd be committing to him for probably a three-year window of time. No, and the, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. You're saying don't, don't extend him. Don't. Extend I agree. I was. This, I, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm good. This is what nobody understands. If you continue to push it down the road, you're going to stay in this situation forever. You either eat it now or you say, "Hey, listen." Like that's why I'm saying a GM that comes in now and is like, "I'll trade him." How do you know you're going to trade him? Do you? It's not even free agency. You don't know what anyone's thinking. That's why that's not even a real answer. If the Broncos right now, George Patton calls over and goes, hey, I'll trade for him. I wouldn't believe you until the first day of free agency and you showed me that you're trading for him. I don't believe you. Like, if I'm the Wilfs, I still don't believe you. If the owners are like, yeah, we'll trade for him. I don't believe you. This is such a crooked league. How can you say that to me? And what happens when you don't trade him? Then all of a sudden, now we got a real problem on our hands, right? We've seen things go sour. Look at Antonio Brown. He played for the Ravers. No, but he never dressed for him. Like he signed a contract, but never played for them. Like crazy things happen all the time. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, hey, I'm going to extend him. Why would you do that? Agreed. Eat the cap hit now. Just eat it. You're not going to be able to do anything with it. And if I was the coach, and this is exactly what I would say to him, I would go to Kirk's house. Hell, I'll take him to dinner. We can go to the back room in Manny's. I would sit down with them, and the first thing I would say is, here's the deal, Brody. This is how it's going to go. You're either going to take less, and I'm going to go buy you an offensive line, or you're not going to take less, and you're going to eat more dirt than anybody next year. The choice is yours. I and don't then, know what and then you'll and then you'll be a free agent having you know put up so, right. bad numbers. Like, yeah. So many people are afraid. Like They're like, oh, what are we going to do? I'm going to go to them. Hey, I get it. Everybody wants a lot of money. We need money to go help you. And if you don't help us help you, you're really going to rue the day, dude. I'm going to do everything I can to protect you. But you saw what happened last year. And it ain't going to get much better because we can't go buy anything right now. We physically are under the cap. We have to get people to start taking less money. And if you're not one of them, 
you're going to be the most sorry because you're going to get peppered more than anybody. And I don't know what's going to happen next. And that, am I lying or am I telling the truth? Like, and not only that, but as a player, I'd be like, damn. Okay. Well, um, let me see here. Do I want to get killed by Aaron Rodgers again next year? Or do I want to have a fighting <laughs> chance against this team? Oh, let me think about this real quick. Yeah. And I, and, and on the extension front, again, that is not something that I would advise ever. I think he's, Thank he's going to be 34 years old. You know, he could still play a number of years, but like kind of is who he is. We know what his deficiencies are. And I don't think a new general manager and coach combination is going to come in here and say, all right, let's, uh, let's tie our careers to <laughs> three years of Kirk Cousins at you know thirty million dollars a year, like they're gonna eventually want to pick their own guy, and so, so that's that's why they're, they're you're gonna have to ride the year out, and and it'll be rocky, or find some sort of trade partner whenever you're able to explore those conversations. But you just said it. Nobody's gonna come in here and tie their fate to him. So what makes you think another team's GM is gonna be like, well, I'll tie my fate to him too? Right? That's like, the crazy thing. There's all, but I, there are teams. The, the Vikings were one of them three years ago. There are teams that say, God, our roster, we don't even need like that much more from Kirk, but our roster, the Browns, the the Broncos you brought up, if we could just get someone better than Drew Locke, what could we do, right? Or if we could just get someone that's uh that's better than Baker Mayfield, you know. So I I feel like there's probably two or three suckers out there that would say, All right, our roster is really good. The Vikings said it three years ago. I, years? I think you could actually trade Kirk though, and and in the agreement, um because he, he would have to uh Get him to sign off on the trade, Booney. I think you. I, yes, he yeah. could. So, so it's almost it's almost a sign and trade. Right, it is. That's what it so is. So, like, like he goes to Cleveland, three years for Kirk Hooray. This is great. Love it here. And and then you get a draft pick or two back, and and it's done. And Kirk and Kirk now has because I, I mean ultimately the most important thing to Kirk is that contract. But that so, and that's why you said it. The problem becomes this. Hey, we're going to trade you, and you're going to take less. Well, I could just stay here and take more and do nothing. How about yeah. that? Right. Oh, he's yeah. He has. Right. He has I leverage. really have you by the tail here. Uh, I don't want to get traded, and That's no, I'm Rick not fired. Right. You I got mean, like, Rick fired, Kirk. Congratulations, you cost a man his life. No, <laughs> see, you're doing it, Judd. You jerk. Rick got Rick fired because he walked away from. Casey. I'm talking to Kirk right now. No, no, no I'm talking to Kirk. Right. I'm guilting him. I've got him in the back room at Manny's, and I'm I'm taking the fillet and I'm hitting him on the head. In the Bahamas room. right now. He's, He's not even in the States. He's not even He's here. Not here. <laughs> He's gone. He's Unvaccinated and everything. Oh, He's like, I already got, got the fired. Rona. Oh, that's a shame. Hey, get me another Corona. Yeah, he's, in the, he's in the he's in the Bahamas with Lane Kiffin, and they're gonna figure out how to conquer the NFL. It's Lane. Lane Kiffin next. Here we go. What if he is? <laughs> what if he's with Lane? I'm leaving. Sign me up. Just, come on, dude. You, no. We were no. explaining to Boone the 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 breadcrumb trail that's been happening the last twenty four hours. That I don't there are, like there are Lane Kiffin Vikings. Rumors hey, and steam right there's now. There's ways to make this team worse, and that's one that's of them. One. I'm <laughs> telling you right now. Yeah. You, oh, and, and you know what? And I, I must say this. I'm probably going to take a lot, but I'm used to that. I don't like the fact that the owners aren't here. I'm just going to say it. I didn't like it when I played here. I didn't like it now. I think that if you own this company, you should have to be here every day. Because, like, when you saw them, it was so... Uh-oh. Why are they here? The wilves. What's going on? A pack of wilves. Why are they here? Yeah, holes. like, wow. They're looking at me. Oh, God. 
goofy. <laughs> don't mustache. make eye contact. Yeah, like, you, know, you don't know them. You know what I'm saying? And then they don't know how the atmosphere is. And I see now when you look back and you're like, man, like it's coming out kind of with Stefan Ross, but like the whole Ryan Flores firing. When you look at that and you're like, I don't know, man. He he brought that team all the way back. Like he brought them back so far. I didn't even think that was possible, and he did it. And you fired him, and now all of a sudden they're asking him about his quarterback plan. And he's like, I don't have one. What? what? Like, dude, you got to be involved somewhat because as a player, like as the smarter players, you look at that and you're like, that owner doesn't even know what's going on. Why do I want to go there? He has no say in what's going on. He probably doesn't even know the atmosphere of the team. He doesn't know where everybody is. He doesn't know the feelings on the team. Like when you're in it and you're around it and you see the owner, you can be honest with them sometimes. And it's great when you can be honest with the owner because there's nobody higher. And you're like, listen, okay, I'm upset. I know you're upset. Let's talk this out a little bit. And then they start talking and you're like, man, my mind is blown. This is great. And then you have this relationship and you can be more open with them. And then they start asking for feedback and you're like, wow, this is it's crazy, you know, and then you feel like you're a part of it. And then all of a sudden they get it and they get the atmosphere. When you're not here, you don't see all that. And that's tough. That's got to be tough. Yeah, they're at their base. They live in New Jersey, you know, and they Jersey. they swing in. And I may or may not have been tracking one of their private jets on a, on a website this last <laughs> week. And they were, they were in New Jersey all week. Do that? It's public info. Flew. It's actually very Oh, easy. that's even weirder. <laughs> they flew to go meet they what I think it. is with Lane Kiffin in uh, either Florida or the Bahamas this weekend for 36 hours. And they flew up for the game on Sunday morning. Fired everyone on Monday morning and then flew back to New Jersey on uh, Monday afternoon and then went and uh, poured a cocktail and ate a filet mignon. What's for dinner? That was a great weekend. (laughs) All right. uh, So uh, fired everybody. Best steakhouse in New York to celebrate the firings of two of our top executives and a coach. Speaking of. Speaking of. Speaking of. It's time for Declan Goff. To fire somebody's ass. You thought Black Monday, everyone was safe. Oh, we've all avoided the wrath of Declan Goff. No. Appetizer. No, I, uh, appetizer. I'm not the oh, pencil. I'm it. the eraser here, okay? There's an eraser in my hand 52 weeks a year. I'm not looking to write people in. I'm looking to write people off, all right? That's what, that's what I'm doing here with this firing, all right? Love it. Oh, and I texted Booney. I texted Booney on Sunday night after it happened because I just I could not believe it. And actually, even though 48 hours later we have a little bit more info and we weren't in the moment of it, it still is inexcusable to me because even how he defended it still proves to me he's a buffoon. He deserves to be fired. Brandon Staley, your ass is canned, dude. What were you thinking in that overtime? What were, okay, so your logic was, even though the clock was running, and he says at the podium, well, we had to get the right personnel because we thought they were going to run. You didn't know they were going to run beforehand? The, the clock is ticking away. Why would they ever call a timeout? And you take out a linebacker and you put in someone else? You have the worst run defense in the league. What, what made you think that this timeout was going to make you stop this play? Your ass is canned, Brandon Staley. You have wasted another year of Justin Herbert. The Chargers had a, a, a gold mine to make the playoffs. The whole runway was right there, and you blew it, dude. You blew it. You're erased. You're gone. Goodbye, Brandon Staley. Figure out someone else, Chargers. Come on. You're fired. Bravo. I think that's awesome. the second time Brandon Staley's been fired this year. I think it's maybe the third. 
I think, so. I think it might be the, this I, is for sure the second. When they yeah, sure. when the Vikings played them, uh, I, that's right. I I don't know if I fired Staley because I think I I might have actually fired the OC because like they had the most dink dunk mm-hmm. performance that day, which made no sense. Like Herbert, Dude, they also had a like horrible day halfway that day. through the third quarter, didn't they go for it on their own eighteen? On their own yeah. eighteen, nineteen, nineteen. Yeah. That is yeah. some like and listen, I yeah. love me I love me some aggressive yeah. fourth down yeah. play calling, but my god, that's stupid. Yeah, that's when you're in the huddle and you're like, wait, 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 wait. He said what? On the road too, where you don't have like you might not be able to hear the snap count as as quickly. That's when you're in junior high and you're playing Madden with your buddy and he goes, Dare you to go for it? And you go, Oh, okay, because yeah. it's a video yeah. game. But this was no, a real deal. life NFL football game with playoffs on the line. Staley's on the sound. Oh, you want me to go for it? You don't think I will? You don't think oh hold out there. I got it. I got it. We're going for it. Also, all right, all right, all right. Here's another dumb football question. So, uh, you know, Alex, you you were an offensive lineman on on running, pound it down your throat, team San Francisco Vikings, and so um, and, and Emmanuel Acho did a great job laying this out. The personnel thing, like they they called timeout to try and get better run stopping personnel on the field, and what they did was they actually took a linebacker off the field and replaced that linebacker with a defensive back. Because the, as the Chargers see it, that's actually our better run defense yeah, is is doing it that way. I don't know, maybe they're quicker to the ball or something. I don't know. You'd have to tell us. It would seem to me that getting lighter in that situation, when I think of putting your run defense on the field, aren't you loading up with an extra linebacker in that spot? Back, yeah, you're not going to make me answer that question. Please you? answer that question. Please answer I mean, it. honestly, I don't know what they were thinking. And the part, the worst part is Austin Eckler after the game was like, were you guys really going to kneel? Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> we were. <laughs> Yeah. Like, dude, well, don't give talk, up the 10 yards. Dude, talk about being so pissed. Yeah, if they stop the run. Just don't give up the 10 bleeping yards, oh, you idiots. Yeah. I, 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 their run defense has been so, so suspect all year, and I don't know what the problem is with them. But honestly, I think Justin Herbert, he started out on fire this year, and then he slowly faded out. And, I mean, the, the work that they did on defense, there were games they were getting crushed. And, yeah, they they – they were down some D-backs at times, and a lot of guys had COVID. But at the same time, I agree with Deck. Like, there's no excuse for that. And not only that, but going forward on fourth and 19, like, <laughs> dude, that, my favorite. That, that's stupid. That's, that's, not, that's, not play, that's not getting ready for the playoffs. That's not helping your team. Like, there's some things in life that you do, and you're like, dude, that was stupid. And that was stupid. Yeah. I got two questions for, for you based on, on football philosophy as well and games and what we've seen i think in recent years um also a problem this year one is the art form of tackling which i see technique that i mean i didn't play but it sucks um the idea of throwing yourself at the person with the ball without the intention of trying to tackle them i'd like you to explain the other is the concept and this is going to sound radical but i'm dead serious the other is the concept of pass defense mm-hmm. and the amount of defensive backs who ultimately try to make a play on, on the ball as if they can intercept it as opposed to just trying to break up pass plays. Well, I think that's a tough thing to do, especially when the ball's in the air and you're a D-back. And those guys are naturally just cocky dudes. And so the minute the ball's in there, oh, it's mine, it's mine. You know, you, I've seen it. And I agree with you. The tackling this year has just been so suspect. But I think that a lot of it – and. It, and I'm not going to make an excuse for these guys, but I did see a lot of it towards the end of my career was that when they start talking about like these sacks, like every time a dude makes a sack, what's the first thing he does? He looks up to see if there's a flag. Like now you're seeing guys that are making these hits in the open field tackle. And they're like, dude, at some point people are like, they're making all these rules where you can't cut guys low. You can't cut guys high. You're like, dude, 
you don't even know what to do anymore. So at some, and you know, and sometimes the game happens so fast, you don't even have time to react. You just kind of throw yourself into the play, and you're like, well, whatever happens, happens. I've seen it. Guys just throw a shoulder, and then they kind of fall yep. over, and they're like, what the hell is that? Yep. But, you know, if things happen so fast that maybe you saw a flash out of the corner of your eye, and all of a sudden you see the ball carry, and you're just trying – I, I got to stop this guy at any means necessary. But, yeah, I agree. You know, well, the one thing that we always did was we always watched when people were tackle, and we always noticed that the Seahawks were the best tacklers. And then we they were always the best. They were also the best ball hawks at one point in time before their defense got crappy. But we would talk to them all the time and be like, dude, why are you guys such good tacklers? They'd be like, dude, every single day we start the drills. We have to work on tackling and we have to work on ball security. So the, all they make all the receivers hold the ball and then all the DBs got to come out and try and ball hawk. I mean, it's one of these things that drives me nuts because it's a f- simple fundamental, but so many people overlook it all the time, like how to tackle, how to work on getting balls. But you see the best players. What are they always trying to do? Get the ball out, and they're trying to wrap dudes up. Like It's yeah. it's just universal, and there's so many coaches that overlook that now, and they just – how do you not know how to tackle somebody? But when you coach fourth-grade football like I had to, and they're like, Coach, how do you make a <laughs> tackle? And I'm like – you don't move. I'm going to tackle you. I'll show you. Don't move. Come over. Come. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. I'm kidding. I never hit a kid. Uh, I see up. Judd tackling those cans of Surly's. Like, uh, like How many doing, did you crush drills. when you found the news? Were you? Let me. <clears throat> you know what? This is not enough, Booney. You got to have the whole case. That you got to have the case. Wow, okay. Because Surly. And it's empty. In, in fact, in fact, <laughs> you know what? Put it on your head. I, I should get in my car right now and drive out to TCO. And I bet the Wilfs are there grinding right now, right? The whole committee. And I should say, gentlemen, here, here is a case of Surly Furious IPA. You're going to need this because you're going to need something to nourish you and that's delicious and that tastes good. That is Surly. And in particular, Surly Furious IPA. Check it out. It is the official beer of coaching searches yeah and uh, i just declared I, that and when i think of surly i think of nourishment absolutely 100 percent. it sustains you it sustains you my man carbs got everything man that's right, exactly right. surly fears does your body good let's not uh, tell it short also federated insurance is here as an offensive line really a better one than the vikings have had the last couple of years to protect oh, your business against unforeseen risks on the horizon they have great tools Available to you. My Shield is one of them on federatedinsurance.com. And uh, you can remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. I'm going to pop something up on the screen here for the YouTube audience. Last night, yes. making his first public appearance basically uh, in like four years or whatever, Andrew Luck was part of the pregame festivities at the national championship game. And a hilarious tweet here from uh, Brett Coleman. Andrew Luck and RG3 look like old high school friends that haven't seen each other in years, and one of them became a high-profile attorney, while the <laughs> other is just a geology teacher, happy as a clam. Yep. <laughs> it's like so somebody true. gave Andrew Luck a sport coat to put over his golf shirt just for the 10-second TV appearance. But Dude, uh, yeah. Did you hear, did you hear the Luck. interview? Hey, how you been? What you been doing? He's uh, like, I'm drunk, Frank. <laughs> dad. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> okay. So what have you been up to? Uh, full-time dad, yeah. Love it. Kermit the Frog. Dude. Hey, true hey story. True story. So every year, you know, the O-line always goes somewhere to celebrate the season, good or bad. And we went to Vegas this year. And so I'm coming back from Vegas after three nights with Staley. And we're sitting in the airport. And who sits down next to us but Andrew Luck? What? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
And so Joe starts talking to him. He's like, oh, man, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm like, Andrew, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, you know, there was some conference or something in town. And he's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, yeah, sort of like a conference. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> he yeah. kind of brought the guys with us. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I know what you're doing. His wife was there. I was like, I was looking at Staley. I was like, oh. I'm just gonna go. The yeah, other they had a conference at the Sapphire. We were checking yeah. out. It was uh, drunk it was for three yeah. days straight conferencing. <laughs> no big deal. Wife walked up. She walked right away. She's like, "God, those guys stink." Yeah, <laughs> she's like, oh, they've been here for three days. Big lineman oh reading God. the booze. <laughs> Dude, I mean, look at look at uh, he. He looks like he's about fifty pounds lighter. He's got the he's got the mustache. I game love it. He's rocking. great, dude. He was he was the man, and he was. When he, he came to the NFLPA meeting one time, and they were trying to get him to become a rep so bad, they were like, "Please, Andrew." And he was like, "He was everything he did was so professional." He was like, he stood up, and he's like, "I respectfully decline, thank you so much, guys." And then like the next motion was to make Andrew Luck part of the thing, and he was like, "Guys, guys, thank you, truly an honor, thank you." Like just the way he did, he, everybody kept doing it. He's like, "Seriously, I appreciate it. I'm so grateful." But no, like, <laughs> guys, take no for no. It's not happening. Dude, he's okay. He so he's only 32. It's awesome. He's only him. 32. Do you oh, think yeah. he gets the itch again at some point? No. You, you making a call? No. He's not. He's not. He's not like us. He's smarter than us, dude. He's yeah. beyond football. That's why there's some people that are just meant to go beyond football. And some of us that are meant to stay here and just talk about football. <laughs> he went beyond quickly. The crime is he's so damn good, though. Like as as a fan, I'm a little bit bitter because that's the type of guy. Like you know, ordinarily, if you quit at 28, I don't give a crap. But that kid was so damn good, and he was a generational talent at that position. Yeah, hate to lose that. And the yeah. organization at the time was, it was kind of the dumpster fire ish yeah. era of that organization. In the last, it was like they had five years of. Andrew Luck or six years and everything. The offensive line was terrible. They traded a first round pick for Trent Richardson at one point and he did yeah, nothing. He couldn't do anything. It was terrible. No. And the, the sad part about that was uh, he got booed. Well, remember when he got booed walking off the field? You have to yeah. broke the story. What, a, what a terrible, terrible way to end your career. People boo you. And then you got to go up and like, while you're crying, be like, yeah, I guess you guys know. Like there's sometimes where you're like, dude, some guys don't deserve that. Andrew Luck was one of those guys. Like he was such a competitor. And honestly, like a joke about that Vegas story, but he like we sat and talked with him for a while and just being able to pick his brain and like understand how he talked football and like because we're always gonna compete and like wanna pick each other's brains. And the minute he started rattling things off and it was like he was such a normal person and a normal guy that it was like, Why are you here? <laughs> why do you play football with us we're yeah. idiots you seem like you are so far beyond us right now he's like no dude stop I, <laughs> i'm just a i'm just a normal guy yeah coming, coming from uh you know <laughs> look at my neck beard yeah. <laughs> like dude you are <laughs> but you're right he was a generational talent he was great such oh. a phenomenal player yeah best neck beard in the nfl too has uh has the civil war twitter account <laughs> tweeted dearest, in the last 24 hours dearest mother my dearest dearest <laughs> mother from the we cold have, of Indianapolis. We have returned from the battleground of Jacksonville. <laughs> that was one of the great, that was one of the smartest Twitter find, accounts ever. Let's see here. <laughs> ever. He hasn't he tweeted Twitter. since March 29th of 2020. No. Oh. Captain Andrew Luck. Yeah. I figured that he might have tweeted some retired soldier, Colt, simple man. <laughs> <laughs> retired soldier. It's, just, it's a picture of his like beard, yeah. neck bearded face, black and white on top of like, 
some sort of like civil, civil war, war soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. March 29th, 2020. I write this important, dearest mother, I write this important note from our barn <laughs> as we must keep distance during such chaotic time. I try. <laughs> I trust the rooster to leave this on my porch. <laughs> my, my accommodations out here are nice. The mound of hay beneath my sleep sack feels like a cloud. Please heed my advice. Stay in the house. <laughs> What's more, do not hoard squirrel oil. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, that's hilarious. Yes. Oh, I love it. Uh, so, all right, give us your give us your final thoughts, Booney, as we go into this uh New era of Vikings football. It's a clean slate. What are your last words of advice for, for the Wilves? Ask the real question. You know, what's the plan? Where are we going from here? Obviously, we have Kirk. Say we don't have Kirk. Whatever it is, show me a vision that I can see, that I believe in, and that I understand. And, you know, one of the things that's going around, and I think is these young kids – these young guys that are becoming head coaches. And there's so many people that are worried about them. And it's becoming more prevalent now about not only the play calling, but game management. And I think that when you look at this, there has to be an answer for that somewhere. Somebody has to be more accountable for things like that. It showed up this year with timeouts and the being a big issue. You know, when you look at that, like I like these young, young OCs, Kellen Moore. And I, I last night for like six hours, I watched all their games and I was trying to figure their offense out and it took me a while, but I finally got it. And I was like, man, this is really radical. But at the same time, it's a big stretch and it's great, but he could be great if you paired him with a guy like Vic Fangio, a guy who at the same time is, you know what I'm saying? You have to have your yin to your yang. Football. And if you're going to be this young, up and coming four wide by one four by one you know like these are things it's like wow this is this this dude's got some now he's putting old linemen out there and i and i was like dude this is he's gone next level and it's really cool to see and i think the one thing that's important to understand about him is like he is a run first guy he is in this run first style offense now they're not producing in the run that has nothing to do with him like that's more their running backs and their o-lines just having a problem and at times they do run it up the middle a little bit but you can do that with a guy like dalvin but when you pair him with a guy like Vic, or say you could even get a guy like Brian Flores to come up here, you talk about a yin to a yang. You have a young coach who's innovative, offensive-minded. I'm excitable. I'm energetic. I love to be out here. Pre-snap motions. All these things are dazzling. And then I pair him with some cranky-ass defensive coordinator who, when things are rough, is not going to be afraid to spit in your face and tell you how it is. Like Mike that's- Zimmer right there. Right. That's why, listen, <laughs> defensive coordinators are all the same. They're nasty. They're ugly. They just don't make sense. But that's how they are. Offensive guys are bright. They're energetic. We're fun. We're spunky. We're good looking. It, it's just, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, the defensive guys are <laughs> always Kingsbury. Uh, I'm hot. See? <laughs> my old crusty said it, not me. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. You know, that's one of the things that when Come you look on. at it, always remember there's a bigger picture to this and to the chemistry of everybody. I, you know, I feel like a lot of times people will go into a situation and be like, I don't know how this is going to go, as opposed to maybe looking at it for a little bit. And, and But this is the problem that I'm also having is it feels like they're not really in need for a search right now. Like everybody else is booming to get out there and get people in because I feel like they want to know what's going on. How are you? Who are you? Talk to me. Show me. What's the vision? And here it's like Doug Peterson's coming. We're good. Doug Peterson's coming. They're like, dude, you better throw some more names on there. You better start asking around. You better start pulling everybody out of the woodwork yeah. just to see what people want to do. Doug Con, Peterson. Con, Doug. The, GM, the GM search will be here. And it, Doug Peterson has hoisted Lombardi Trophy. Been, 
Yeah, but we can't think of the coach until the GM is done. The the GM is is going to be their first move. Well, they've already hired Lane Kiffin behind the scenes with their shadow GM. So that's fine. You guys keep saying this, but I'm telling you, you better know what you're doing because especially if you're going to hold Kirk for a year because you don't want this to repeat itself. So if you're going to really have somebody, and that's why I'm like, whatever, whoever it is, they're going to have to find a way to give you an answer as to what goes forward. And it has to be mm-hmm. a real answer. And it can't be, we're going to trade. Okay, good enough for me. Well, how are we going to trade him? What are we going to trade him? Where are we going to trade him? Like, what are we going to trade him for? What are we going to get in return? Where do we go? At, like. That's another question. You trade him. What do you do then? Uh, I, have a, I, have a, I have a great answer for you. Last week on Mackie and Judd, and I'm going to make you go to the Score North YouTube channel to find seven realistic replacements for Kirk Cousins yeah. in 2022. Yeah, we, right. we've if, been through all this, Boone. Starting if, with Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> Quick no. question. Was one of them Nick Foles? No. He, but if Doug, Peter, if you, but if you hire Doug Nick Peterson Foles and you want a stopgap to pair with like a, a draft pick yeah. or something, you, you know, it's fine. Assuming I, you trade Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yep, I had seven outside the box choices. Nick Foles was on that list. Dante Culpepper was on that list. Uh, Dante Culpepper. Was on on how much? How much? How much would the Wills have have to pay us to shut down our show and take and, our and show consult to them and actually run? the team because yeah, like should, our should like, offer that like our show not much different not much. yeah they pretty much like the statement they put out yesterday was ideas. pretty much the same statement we have on purple daily i, I just want championship i have a sneaky suspicion that this show nightly in jersey is consumed by some people well, let, let's check the analytics houses. let's see yeah. what the jersey the jersey actually is Uni, i think i think your i think your your protests about them being absentee owners is going to be heard loud and clear we'll see tonight i hope it over is dinner We'll see. And we'll see who the new coach is. That's why we enough. cut him. Yeah. Uh, Captain Andrew Luck on Twitter, July 24th, 2019. Dearest mother, Dearest mother, I have safely arrived at camp to begin basic training. Betwixt counting <laughs> birds during the day and stars at night, the journey felt short. My sidearm is polished. My uniform is crisp. My neck beard is full. The new campaign has officially begun. Exhilarated. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. So good. Basic training continues to progress. While my sidearm is operating illustriously, General Frank Reich has determined the uncomfortable baby cow portion of my leg needs rest. Please do not fret. However, I shall command the planned bison men skirmish from afar. Andrew. 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 (laughs) All right. That's a wrap on Purple (laughs) Daily today. (laughs) That's Alex Boone. You can find him every Tuesday on this show, and you can find him on SiriusXM Sundays. You still doing that for the playoffs here, too? Dude, it's about to be so lit for the playoffs. She's great, too. She's the best. I love her. Dude, she she runs the whole show. (laughs) She just asks me silly questions, and I just throw shit out. Sure. She's great. Well, tomorrow, write that down, predictions, and accountability session, and uh, we'll keep you posted on the Vikings' ventures in hiring Lane Kiffin or whoever they wind up hiring. See you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.